Hi. Hello. Hey. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And welcome. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Last Ones In Podcast. I'm the host today, Robbie, joined with Drya Lukewarm Archuleta to my left. That's me. And in a quarantine box off-site, we have an E. Hello. Uh, can I leave yet? <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. You gotta be in there. How long have you been in there? Like five days? Yeah. Yeah, no, we need like 30 more. Damn it. Just remember, right. if you sniffle one time, it restarts and we spray you with Lysol. That's how, <laughs> that's how quarantine boxes work. Yeah. <laughs> can you at least like put food in here? No. No. The, you, you don't want Lysol all over your food. Plus, that would infect the food. What am I gonna do? Eat infected <laughs> scraps? <laughs> Why are you taking it out after I eat it? I'm hungry. <laughs> Liz oh, hasn't man. been feeding him very well lately. <laughs> I'm losing at least pound. <laughs> but yeah, today uh, we are watching 2001's Riding in Cars with Boys. Uh, we are doing, you know, family month this month and slightly panicked on bringing a movie and they're just like what that you said you're gonna bring that movie so i brought riding in cars with boys and that's that's what we watched today yeah well we well i didn't watch it today i watched it last night okay but yeah we watched watched it for the episode yeah e watch it today yeah someone understood the assignment (laughs) you need to put you in the box next no (laughs) (laughs) i've got sniffle well wait the food's good though it's a little bit of a mixed bag to watch this movie you could watch it in the usual suspects there's redbox google play youtube voodoo amazon prime uh youtube uh you can watch it for anywhere between 3.99 to 2.99 or uh you can watch it on philo amazon prime sling youtube tv and hulu if you have stars because they have that whole weird thing of, like, you can watch it on one streaming service if you're already paying for another streaming service, which is dumb. But I feel like our voices I, go unheard beats, about that. You have to pay for both streaming services to watch this movie. Yeah, it's really fucking dumb. It's real dumb. <laughs> uh, I, it kind of makes me laugh when you guys are like, oh, this movie's, like, kind of hard to watch. And then it's like, it, you can rent it in five places when I'm like... This is a DVD released in 2004. It is the only surviving thing of this movie ever released. And I have it. <laughs> to be fair, I did that with that Family Guy episode, and we ended up stomping it into the ground after we watched it. So. It deserves You it. say we. It kind of it was mostly it, me. It kind of was mostly E. But yeah, Don't so go yeah. to that episode. I just yell about Family Guy for like an hour. <laughs> or go to the episode. It was our most popular for a while. <laughs> Anyways, uh... Movie is two hours and 12 minutes long. Uh, it is rated PG-13 for theatric elements, drug, and sexual content. Uh, if we sound like we're tired, uh, we recorded already, and it crashed. So, so now we got to record we're again. We're repeating ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but when our energy levels go back up, that's when we stop having to repeat stuff we already said. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. So, E, how has your week been? Well, I'm in the the... The quarantine the box. box. I'm in the quarantine <laughs> box. People uh, think <laughs> that I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, uh, you might have noticed I wasn't on. Uh, it would have been a week ago, Wednesday stream. Yeah, I got I got sick. I don't I don't do that much. No, but I did. No, you you barely are ever sick. Actually, yeah, uh, it's a trick known as uh, eating floor food and not going outside much. I do one of those. Oh, that uh, my my work game 
as a demo coming out November 20th. Ooh. So uh, that's that's a uh, very uh, scary. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. We we get to decide if all my hard work is worth existing. Oh, over now. that's that's fun. <laughs> the 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 internet gets to decide if I should be paid now. Oh, I can vote on that. Oh man. <laughs> uh, other than that, uh, my personal game I talked about. I I made a fishing mini game. I I I expanded it. I drew. 16 whole fish uh, that you can catch now. And 14 of those are real. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, actually. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you guessed that right? It's the correct number, exactly. I'm a psychic. 14 of those are, in fact, fish. (laughs) Number 15 Uh, is a boot. And number 16... (laughs) I'm guessing it's shaped like a fish. (laughs) I was going to say Azeroth waking up from his dream and, like, destroying reality, but sure. Uh, no. You, what, number 16 is a boot, and number 15 is a wrapped Swedish fish. <laughs> I like nice. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's in order, and I can't wait to see if anyone plays it on a stream or anything, because they'll have to do all these complicating fighting game inputs, and the last one they get is a boot. Good, just a nice That's fuck just, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. Uh, fishing mini games are fun. Uh, you know, maybe spending a month to make a fishing mini game in a game is not the best use of time. But I'm an indie game. You gotta have them. You gotta have it. It's illegal not to. Uh, but hey, giraffe, you gotta have it. Stop it up uh, I imagine what you said is what's up with me, and I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I went and saw Wakanda Forever. Nice. Fantastic film. Everybody, please go and watch it. It's very, 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 very sad. Liz cried like seven times. Really? Watching it. Yeah, there's, it's a very emotional movie. It almost got me twice. Almost. But I didn't do it because I was next to him. a man who <laughs> never <laughs> cries. He, he was a man in a movie theater. He couldn't let his... his uh, Softer side show, I guess. Well, no, my stomach was out. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> nah, he only cries when he gets the best steak in the universe at an Applebee's. <laughs> Which is going to be impossible because it's at an Applebee's. No, the best steak I've ever had was at a fucking Applebee's. It was incredible. I don't believe you. It was amazing. It was the best thing in the world. There was an- I wasn't even drunk. Uh- <laughs> I feel like I w- say- if you say you're but at Applebee's, stoned. the assumption is you've been drinking. So I just have to make sure everybody knows I wasn't drunk. But we are in a state where weed is legal, so he may have been stoned. We're also in a state now where shrooms are illegal. Legal, you mean? Legal, yeah. Yeah. You said illegal. Oh. <laughs> legal. <laughs> uh, anyway, I went and saw Wakanda Forever. Yeah, like I said, really sad. Uh, I'm guessing like they have to deal with like the whole death of Chadwick Boseman and everything for that. And like, Yes, heavily, heavily deals with all of uh, Chadwick Boseman's death, and it doesn't fuck around. It just, the movie starts off with uh, T'Challa's in the same situation. It's very, very sad, like, silent opening credits. In- uh, instead of the, like, Marvel thing of, like, it's Marvel, and here's the big bombastic music, and, like, yeah. showing all the heroes and all their movies. No music. Uh, it doesn't show all their heroes. It just shows Black Panther. Okay. And it's just silent. <laughs> it's, it's very, very sad. Anyway, yeah. Go see that. And then, uh, yeah, had the, a real strange interaction at Subway as well. Okay. So I was hungry, obviously. So I went to Subway to go and... Uh, get food or cake bread you know yeah cake, cake bread with meat 
I don't know if it's still cake bread actually because it's not as good. Uh, <laughs> I, I know that they did like bread. Cake, I know they changed their recipe. Cheap bread. <laughs> I, it's one of those things. Like I remember, like whenever they made a big deal about the fact that like they changed their, uh, like they changed the process of their food and everything like that. Like yeah, we no longer have yoga foam inside of our bread. Like, oh, cool! Like cool. cool. I didn't know that was in there to begin with. Thank you. I mean, it's the it's the funny thing when like. In the mid 2010s, when every fast food was like, now made with real beef. And it's like, what were you giving us? Yeah. Then? yeah. <laughs> it's like walking to Subway, there's a sign, we don't jizz in the mayo anymore. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I was at Subway. Um, and I walk in, and it was just completely silent. Just dead silent in there. No music or anything? No music. Nobody's even like behind the counter that I can see. Just in the middle of the floor in the subway. Just a dog. And he's just laying there. Just being a dog. And he like has a service tag on him. Brings his head up and goes, we've been expecting you. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, this shroom thing is really getting to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so like, I'm just like, I slowly step over the dog. He's literally right in the middle of the fucking floor. And I'm like, hello, anybody? And like, she's like, oh yeah, hey, I'll be, I'll be the same. It comes out. And like, I was like, "Hey, like your your dog is kind of in the middle of the floor." She's like, "Oh, that's not my dog." <laughs> like, what? So somebody just left their service dog or something in a subway. There's like, I've had enough of you, and they walked out. I feel like that's not the way you're supposed to treat a service dog. Wait, but like stepping over it? Well, no, <laughs> no, just like leave it at a subway. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, probably not. I don't um, know. Maybe like there's air conditioning in that subway, and it was a hot day. I mean, maybe the dog just has, like, very sensitive ears, and it's like, this is the only quiet place in the, in the whole world, <laughs> is this fucking subway that feels like a poor one particular subway. I think if the dog has very sensitive ears, it probably wouldn't be a very good service dog. Or a great service dog. <laughs> because that means it has a better sense of smell to smell when needs service-ing? A dog's not a car, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? I gotta, I gotta take my dog in for the. He needs an oil change. <laughs> he's at he's at he's at ten thousand miles. I gotta take him in. Get the transmission replaced. <laughs> anyway, had like a liminal space moment at Subway today. Yeah, I did. It was it was very strange. It took forever to make my fucking sandwich too. I don't even know why. Was the sandwich even good? Um, I mean, I, it's I, Subway, so I know like you don't. I know the answer, but like so. I've gone to Subway twice this year now, and I've gotten meatball You're a sub. bold man. I've gotten a meatball <laughs> sub each time, and the meatballs are smaller than they used to be, and they were burnt each time. So I don't, oh. I don't think that the meatball sandwich is their most popular sandwich anymore. Fair. I, how do you, you burn a meatball? That's like the that's like the the hardest thing to fuck up. I know, I know, and it's in sauce the whole time, <laughs> and I, I don't know. I literally have no idea how how it happened, but. It uh, happened. It, it was totally fine. I asked for sriracha. She put Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay. She was white. She didn't know the difference. <laughs> She's like, "Ooh, this spicy sriracha. That's fucking water." Uh, <laughs> uh, you know these. All these sauces are really spicy, and you're like, uh, you just wanted mayo. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's that. That was it. That was okay. It was a fine. It was fine. The cookie was better. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, they do make good cookies. Subway does have good cookies. Yeah, like, they're if you, good. they're good cookies. I, I always like their raspberry cheesecake or whatever. That's the, co- that's the cookie I had. Nice. I ate that cookie that's right in front one? of Robbie tonight. 
He did. Whenever I walked in today, he was uh, eating that cookie yeah. and getting the computer ready. Yeah. Barami, what's yeah. going on in your life? Uh, not a whole lot, actually. Uh, I think the biggest thing is, like, people kept on asking me about, like, why I have a big old scratch on my forehead because it's starting to scar over now. So I, I might just have to live with the Harry Potter scar for a while now. I'm going to have to start calling you Robbie Scars on your forehead. Your cousin to the Scars Guard, probably. Sure. <laughs> I mean, as long as it's that kind of scar and not, like, having to throw someone off a cliff one day while singing, Long Live the King, I think I should be fine. Yeah, you can dress as a clown now, I think, legally. (laughs) You have to have a scar on your face in order to dress as a clown? If you're a scar scar, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I get that joke now. Yeah, the jokes are are better when you have to explain them. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, I think, all in all, it's been just kind of like an average week for me. Um... I think probably the most important thing that I did is I did vote because uh, I never got my voting uh, thing through mail this uh, year. That so. happened. I, I've heard a lot of people have that issue. Yeah, I definitely had that issue. So the last day to vote in our state was on the 8th. And so I went on the 7th before I, I woke up early and went before work to go vote. And luckily I did on that day because like I think it was like one of three people that was there to vote. But I had to like get a change of address and everything with them because even though I changed my address with the DMV and with the po- our postal service, apparently I had to do it with the voting services too. So yeah. Weird. that was a whole big thing. Anyways, because yeah. Um, yeah, like not even the last place I lived, the place I lived before that, like when I moved out of your place. Oh, really? Yeah. Like that's where they had my me on file. Huh. Which is weird. Because the last place I lived before this place, I got my voting. Uh, I got my voting through mail through there. Even so, fucking weird. Yeah, mailing service is weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. So I had to like actually find a school to like go vote at, and it was a whole big thing. Uh, I ended up spending like an hour there because they didn't want to just like check a box of like, yeah, they're Republican, yeah, they're Democrat, whatever, and like just fill in boxes based off of that. So I had to like do a little bit of light reading while I was at the poll, and it took me like an hour to vote to make sure I did it properly at least. Yeah, and. Read that blue book, man. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have that. I had to use my phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I like uh, they even like made a dumb joke about how like oh yeah like we'll go ahead and like give you this I voted sticker to show how damn persistent you are about our voting because <laughs> of how long it took me to do it. And I was just like, yeah, I just didn't want to like see a name and like just write it down and like whatever. Like I think the biggest thing that I'm kind of regretting is I kind of just filled in the boxes willy nilly on the judges because. I couldn't find shit about the judges in our district. Yes. He's just like, man, you really fucking care about voting. He's like, oh, I thought I was ordering dinner. <laughs> but is it okay that I voted for chicken Alfredo? <laughs> I've, I put in soup and salad for judges. Is that fine? <laughs> and they're like, no, as a federal crime, you get soup or salad. You can't have both. <laughs> We are revoking your voting rights for the next three years. <laughs> they started pointing towards the door where the box was, and then E po- poked his head out and said, help me, and then they closed the door. But yeah, other than that, it's been kind of a run-of-the-mill week. I think the biggest thing that happened is, uh, I was saying before we even started recording, is like at one point in time, I said something to someone at work that I immediately regretted doing it, because I think they look at me differently now because of it. Oh, uh, What happened is like a, the machine I was working on kept on like having chip wrap around the part, and it was starting to get me annoyed. Like... I kind of kicked the machine the same way that E would kick either me or Dry whenever we make a bad joke and we won't stop. <laughs> and so, like, it wasn't kicking it hard. I was just, like, like kind of just out of a mild frustration kicking the machine. And one of the new hires, she was just like, oh, well, maybe if you try being nice to the machine, maybe uh, it won't break on you. And my response was, yeah, well, maybe if it did what I told it to, I wouldn't have to hit it. <laughs> and she's like, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, she looked at me and she was just like, I don't want to see you at home and walked away. <laughs> and was, no, no, it's not like that. <laughs> 
I swear I'm not abusive. Which always what you want to be yelling at the workplace. Yeah, you, you immediately, especially someone you're trying to convince that you're not abusive too. It's just like I'm definitely not a stalker. It's like following somebody home. You're like, I swear I don't, I don't stalk people. It's, it's not a good. Please look. open the door. <laughs> But yeah, other than that, just kind of run-of-the-mill week for me. All right, cool. cool. But since we're done with that, I guess we can go back to talking about Riding in Cars with Boys, the movie that we watched this week. Yes. Um, I guess before we get into the discussion of the movie, I should go ahead and read the back of the box. Yes. <clears throat> From celebrated director Penny Marshall comes a story of a girl who did everything wrong but got everything right. Make way for Beverly. A smart, beautiful young woman who cannot wait to grow up. Much of the frustration of her police sergeant father, her life takes a, her, its first detour when she gets pregnant at the age of 16. The baby's father, her husband, turns out to be more, or need more mothering than her newborn son. But through all the trouble, Beverly makes life more than she ever imagined and lived a story that's waiting to be told. Join the ride and watch Beverly kick life where it counts. Which I, I guess, yeah. This movie takes some twists and turns that are not what the back of the box is. Yeah, I would say most of the back of the box is not what this movie is. No, it it kind of makes it seem almost like it's gonna be like a dumb rom com of like a mother who basically gets her gets her husband and her son to do like do what she needs, to like help out the family and like everything's. Really, I, I really feel like at the, end. the back of the box is like written by someone who was who like brought their kid to see this movie 20 years ago and then like was asked to recall what the movie was about yeah this is definitely that rom-com with drew barrymore right oh, which one <laughs> yeah well i was gonna i think before this movie that's like almost exactly what she was known for is like doing just like rom- like being the love interest in rom-com movies yeah which is weird because she's like the most boring person yeah she's weird drew barrymore's I mean, weird maybe that's kind of the point yeah, that's probably that's the point. Actually. Part of it's that. I think another <laughs> thing is, like, her family's been part of Hollywood since, like, even before film was a thing. Like, uh, I think it's, like, her great-great-grandfather was, like, uh, what, like one of America's first, like, the- yeah. uh, like um, theater play actors that, like, became huge. And so, like, the uh, Barrymore family has been, like, huge in Hollywood forever, basically. Mm. Yeah, her great-grandfather also named Drew Barrymore pretty good uh he gave his son drew barrymore's name as well and you know it just kept going down from there (laughs) so if a caricature artist was drawing drew barrymore was go on (laughs) would she be drawn barrymore maybe why isn't he laughing Anyways, but, uh, this is movie. Yeah, before we watched it, uh, within these past couple of days, I guess I was the only one who had seen it before, which I grew up watching this movie. Well, I guess I shouldn't say I grew up watching this movie. I watched this movie when I was growing up. Yeah. Kind of thing. And, like, because I kind of have a little bit of, like, a personal connection to the movie. Like, I ended up buying it whenever I found it at one of our favorite movie stores. Mm-hmm. And then I talked about bringing it, but I felt like Dry was going to be lukewarm about it the entire time. Thus the nickname for this episode well <laughs> robbie i'm gonna shock you about my opinion of this movie well, what is your opinion dry it's fine okay <laughs> <laughs> lukewarm dry strikes again <laughs> uh yeah no man i guess let's jump into that it's, it's everyone's opinions yeah it's totally fine it's it is not a movie that appeals to any interests of me 
uh, it has Drew Barrymore. Yeah, Dry hates family. He hates babies. He hates children. He hates heroin. Well, three of those four things are true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Good luck figuring out which ones. Yeah, you get to decide. Uh, Whatever the worst one is you hear about me, that's the wrong one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I... Yeah, so I it's it's totally a fine movie. I get where Robbie comes from on liking it because he definitely does have a personal I wouldn't well not connection to the movie, but I could see how you would have a personal um, stake in the movie if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, medium rare. Yeah, I could see how you'd be medium rare on this movie. Um, but I uh, I I just don't like Drew Barrymore. The only thing I've ever liked her in is Santa Clarita Diet. Uh, and that's because her fucking personality fits with that show so well, and it's yeah. strange ass writing. Um, she's just a strange human being, and I don't know if she really quite fits the role that it's asking to be fit. But maybe it does, cause like the writing is kind of all over the place too. Yeah. So maybe she does fit it, and it's just not my kind of thing. But it's it's totally fine. It fits right there in those '90s things. Like I've said, like I said in our previous recording. Is that the 90s happened from 1990 to 2004. <laughs> a 14-year <laughs> decade. Yeah. Dre uh, hates all movies that came out when he was a child. Which, may- <laughs> maybe that's why time felt like it started standing still in 2020. Maybe. <laughs> um, We're just making up for those four years that we lost in the 90s, all the way up until t- 2004. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, it feels like super, super 90s uh, drum-com kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's totally fine. Yeah. It's just not for me. Okay. Like I said, that's fair. It's one of the reasons why I was like, not sure if I should bring the movie to the podcast is cause like I knew that there was gonna be mixed opinions about it anyway. So yeah. Yeah. But it's like we've said multiple times before on the podcast is like an opinion is an opinion and like, it just is what it is. Like we can make our arguments on like why we like it, but it's not, we don't have to say like somebody has to like it because we like it. Yeah. Except for I'm right all the time. Uh, anyway, E, your opinion on why I'm right? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> so, Dry is currently on the right of my screen, so that yes! does make him right. Nailed oh, it. no! <laughs> That's why I have the seating uh, arrangement. <laughs> uh, yeah, so for me, uh, I think this movie has a slow start, a pretty good middle, and a very mediocre ending. Uh... I think a lot of this movie, it, like, brings up kind of important topics, but never really feels like it wants to actually delve into those topics. More so just, like, kind of bringing them up to have this sense of maturity around it, but without having to give an actual opinion in regards to some of it. Yeah. Um, I I I think it's like it's still is pretty neat. It's definitely like a time capsule of this era of movies, for sure. And that isn't inherently a bad thing, if you ask me. If you ask Dry, it is. But <laughs> if you ask me, it's not inherently bad. I don't like the cinema style of this time at all. It just it all and looks uh, so weird. Yeah, yeah. But I, this movie also has some weird pacing. I think if you try to think of it like each flashback they do is like a chapter of the book, it kind of makes it work, but it it still is kind of all over the place with pacing, especially in the first like half. It's like bam, bam, wham, jam, get on the floor and slam, and it's just <laughs> Welcome like to the jam. 
Shark pops through the door. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's not bad. I I I think if it was watched when it came out, it would probably be more uh, stronger. If, well, I wouldn't have much opinions if I watched it when it came out. But <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you may have actually watched it when it came out. You don't know. You, yeah, and you would have never known. Well, I haven't. You know my dad. But your mom maybe watched this movie. You think my mom watches movies? You're right. <laughs> there's a reason I there's a reason we can make this podcast and it's me. You're, you're not wrong. Movies. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but and, yeah. Okay. And then yeah, I guess with the my personal opinion, like I said, there's like a little bit of a personal take on it for me. Uh I did watch this whenever it was somewhat new. With my mom, of course. Uh, my mom was very much like one of those Lifetime movie people. So whenever this yeah. movie came out, she was all over it. And then turns out like it kind of hit hit our family on a personal level whenever it came out too. And so it kind of stuck with me because of that. And thus being like one of my more one of my top movies with Drew Barrymore in it. Even though like there's another movie that she's in wherever like she's a love interest with someone who has my na- actual name. So uh... Wedding Singer. Oh, oh yeah, she is in that. Oh mm-hmm. man, yeah. Man. Dry just made a face like I just gave him something to eat, and it was sour but <laughs> meat flavored. <laughs> well, yeah, you gotta stop giving me sour meat. By the way, <laughs> it's a delicacy. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's in. What does sour meat entail? <laughs> well, like the the look that he gave whenever I said wedding singer, he went ugh. Well, like <laughs> sour meat, I just assume is meat that's spoiled and then you cooked it still. <laughs> So like it's sour, right? I've never so, mate, right? Th- this is a non sequitur of like why I actually know. Have about you this. cooked bad meat? Oh yeah, wait. Uh, Robbie, Robbie's the expert in this. Uh, kinda. Uh, whenever Una's Honest was still a thing, they actually did a thing where they were like making different foods sour because they had like pure uh, citric acid, which just makes things sour. Yeah, and they tried it on a whole bunch of different things, including meat. Ugh. And um, what they did is they tried a whole bunch of things that were sour, and then, like, apparently there's, like, this thing that you can coat your tongue with that, like, makes it to where you just cannot taste sour anymore. Mm-hmm. And when they did yeah, that with yeah. meat, it just tastes like it was spoiled. Ugh. Ugh. So, yeah. Like, sour meat is just spoiled meat, apparently. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. You just, you get a bunch Come of meat, you and know. you let it turn green, and that's sour <laughs> meat for you. Turning that sour meat into jerky. Also, I had to think Once of, like, has- something that sounded disgusting, and sour meat sounded disgusting. <laughs> so, if you get... Okay, go go on this ride with me here. Okay. Uh, if you okay. get so, what do you, I don't know what meat you ter- get from jerky. Like, how do you? What meat is jerky meat? Buffalo. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, sure. I was gonna say normally I think it's beef. Yeah, you're probably yeah. it's it's just let's say cow, right? Yeah. And you let it spoil, and then you turn that spoiled <laughs> meat into jerky. That's would, how you okay. get slim jims. Would that be sour patch cows? <laughs> <laughs> you might be onto something here. It's disgusting, like but you might be something on. I do like when Dry has a joke. He likes formulates this big old plan on how to get to the joke. <laughs> kind of like I'm how like where I'll just say whatever dumb shit comes to my brain, and then it's up to you guys if you understand what I'm saying. I have to, I have to build a world around it. Yeah, kind of like how Dry had to build an entire world and situation. Amongst, like, if you can only eat one fast food restaurant for the rest of your life, which one would it be? (laughs) And there's, like, a 10-minute exposition leading up to it. (laughs) Dre has this, you know, he talks about how he can't, like, watch a movie without it, like, 
or not a movie, a show without it like constantly going and like being a part of the plot. That's just how Dryad talks sometimes. Like he has to formulate a plot around his <laughs> hypotheticals. To be fair, I have my moments too. I have I've been told in the past I over explain things. Yeah. Yeah, he I barely under I under explain things I've been told. Well, it's because normally if I just tell something, somebody something straight, like they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" So I have to like, okay, like this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. This is how we led to this. So you know what the sun is, right? When you go outside and it's bright outside. Okay, good. So I was driving when the sun was out. <laughs> have you ever heard? I, of the I would even do that. Like, I'll just like be doing my stuff, and then like I'll look at my wrist, and then be like, "Oh, I left, I left some Sour Patch Kids in my car." <laughs> And it's just—it's up to you guys to figure out how I came to that conclusion. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. back, back to riding in cars with boys. Yeah, riding in cars with Ride, boys. Yeah, riding cowboys. Different movie. <laughs> Had oh. Heath Ledger in it. Oh shit, that's the one I watched. Oh oh, this is going to be an interesting <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so when a man and a man are both married, but they love each other. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really thought, like, the bare-naked chaps was a little weird, but I just, like, I mean, this is Robbie's movie. He he has a reason for this. Did you find this movie on Pornhub by chance? I mean, that's the only thing I could find it on, yeah. <laughs> also, pretty crazy that the movie's only about 14 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I mean, yeah, like, I'm down for shorter movies. I always talk about that. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> So, anyways, riding in cars with boys. Yes. Uh, movie starts off kind of like Christmassy, uh, like an eleven-year-old Beverly. Yeah. Which I guess one thing we can say is like this movie is based off of the book of the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do see that a lot, quite in this movie. Um, so like, uh, it was off the memoirs of uh, Beverly D'Onofrio, real person, wrote a book. Uh, movies based off of like stuff that happened in her, the book. Um, it does start off with like eleven-year-old her talking to her friend and like, um. I forgot what her name, friend's name was. Hold on a second. Faye. Faye, thank you. Faye. Which I guess in her uh, in real life, her friend's name is Hope, but they changed it to Faye for some reason in this. Weird. Anyways. Uh, like, I don't know. Hope's like one of those weird Christian names people have. Yeah. Fair? Yeah. <laughs> that and like I, I... Jesus. Faye. Well, I was going to say like Hope would be like Karen's best friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the real issue. No one could believe someone would be friends with someone named Hope. So they had to change it. <laughs> it's pro- it probably also in a movie would come off as like too on the too nose cheesy. as like the friend that keeps her like in the world is yeah. called Hope. <laughs> yeah, that's also pretty fair. Yeah. But anyways, uh, she's like going on talking about like how they're going to meet Prince Charming and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, things that 11 year olds do to, uh, you know, whenever you still have hope in the world. Yeah. If you will, <laughs> like talking about how, you know, they're going to meet Prince Charming and like how you're supposed to properly kiss. I think for me, probably the funniest joke of like this entire part is like whenever uh, she ends up bringing up like whenever a boy puts his, excuse me, is uh, whenever a boy puts his tongue in your mouth and the mom hears it. And she's like, the only reason a boy would put his tongue in your mouth is because he wants you to bite it off, which seems like a very motherly thing to say to a daughter. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair reaction, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, attack on the hassle. <laughs> Anyways, I... I mean, is... they call it tongue wrestling at, for a reason, right? <laughs> like, survival of the fittest at that point. They also call it French kissing, uh, which I think... Yeah, just, survival of the fittest. I think it just means Are... like you would put a bunch of bread in your mouth and <laughs> blow it at each other. 
or tonsil hockey, which you know means you got to slam each other into. A... Nope, that joke went in a place I was expecting to. <laughs> I, I feel like like it, it, once you involve the tonsils, it's already gross to me. But like the the organ that is predominantly known for making you puke. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's not like the thing you want to associate. Yeah, that's fair. Anyways, uh, yeah, like, yeah, it's like yeah, it's Christmas. Uh, she's going with her dad to get a tree. Her dad's like, "Hey, kiddo, what do you want for Christmas?" I bet it's the bike. And she's like, "Actually, I want a thing that really signifies my uh, growth into womanhood and how I'm not actually your little girl anymore." And the dad's like, "Fuck, I need to smoke." And and he does, and he gets very yeah. angry because she's just like, "I need something to show off my boobs. I don't have boobs, but I have more boobs than what's her face at school." I just need a shirt that pushes or that shows him off more, so that way so and so will like me. And he's just like, "No, no daughter of mine's going to be showing off her boobs." Now you sit down. You get nothing. I hate you now. That <laughs> <laughs> does that. And he nev- they never celebrated Christmas after that, according to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> But that happens, uh, you kind of get, like, a rough, weird cut, like, I'll give it that, of, like, Beverly 25 years later, or after she wrote a book that's the same name as this movie, which I guess would make more sense if you read the book, but... Maybe, it seems like a weird name for this, because there's very little writing in Car with Boys. There's maybe about five minutes of writing in Car with Boy? (laughs) Yeah. But it does happen. Well, with one, even, with one, maybe, but, like... No, no, there's two boys boys in that car. There are two boys, but there's only one boy per girl. So I would say I would say that the average of boy per car is still one to one. You got to factor in. So like, also there's if only you the take one. Take the car. four of them traveling twenty kilometers at a seventy degree angle. <laughs> what time do they arrive at the police station? It's like it's that kind of deal. I mean, I'm gonna say this whole like first twenty minutes makes me uncomfortable due to my uh not liking romance i mean yeah and and finding it gross the the first like probably even 40 minutes of this movie is very rom-com territory of this which is it's like it's one of those things too where like a lot of it's like intentionally kind of cringe i guess is the best word the internet ruined that word but like it's intentionally like very like unnerving cr- and makes you kind of cringe at the re- at what's happening. You're like, oh, kids being dumb kids, and like, oh, they're doing all this dumb. Ugh. Yeah, why can't they just be like me in high school and play uh, video games and do nothing? Or like you in middle school, like play video games and do nothing. Yeah, or do you nothing. in college. Or the structure of this movie basically is it kind of goes back and forth between Beverly's past and this adventure of her son Jason taking her to see. A man named Ray, who we learn, who we learn who that is later. Yes. Yeah. And uh, you know, picks up forty minutes late, which I've been on both sides of that argument of just like you don't really care. Like somebody else like needs you to pick them up. Like okay, sure, whatever. And then they get mad at you because you're late, and you're like, yeah, I don't really care. And then I've been on the <laughs> other end of that, to where like I really need to be somewhere, and I need someone to give me a ride, and they don't really care, so they're twenty minutes late. So it's a fifty-fifty thing. Moral of <laughs> the story is don't be an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> if somebody asks you for I, a favor, yeah, you just do it. <laughs> I'm a 10-minute early kind of guy myself. Yeah. I would probably say something like that. Like, hey, can you at least give me gas money? Like, yeah, 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 sure. And then I'd never get gas money. Yeah, yeah, that happened a lot. Yeah, that did happen a lot. (laughs) That's why I was always 15 minutes late, because fuck them. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, he picks her up. uh, He has, like, a box of stuff. She tells him that he's late. He's like, yeah, I know. It's it's whatever. And then, like, almost gets in three wrecks while pulling out of the the parking spot that he was in. That's Um, about normal for New York. So I Pro- hear. Probably, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
does that. Uh, she's talking about how she got her book and how she wants to dedicate it to him. And he's just like, yeah, don't get angry with me, but don't. I, I don't want you dedicating it to me. That's kind of weird. Yeah. And, like, you know, she thought it was kind of sweet and, like, a uh, fun thing to do. And he was just like, no. And then she kind of gets a Like, uh, how a dare little, this? Yeah, how dare you this little man? little shit. <laughs> Could you not? Yeah. Uh, and there's, like, a voiceover that's really off-putting in this beginning part. Uh, really threw me yeah. off of the whole movie. Not the whole movie. It threw me off of the beginning of the movie, I would say. Right. Um, it makes sense, like, as you go on throughout the movie. But at first, it's kind of like, this is a weird choice for a voiceover. It, I don't know. Yeah. Considering the context of the movie, it's still weird for a voiceover from him. It kind of makes sense. I, so, like, the book's obviously about her. The movie's kind of about him. Yeah. Which yeah. is, like, kind of weird. Not, like, in that it makes the movie weird. Just, like, that it's based off her book, it becoming about him. is kind of funny. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe her book's actually secretly about him, too. Who knows? I mean, probably because, like, you know, she picks him up and then it. Going on uh, further on into the movie, uh, it goes into where Beverly's now 15. And, like, this is a thing. Yeah. Like, this movie does it well, but it's something that we complained about how they needed to do it for It Part 2. Because, like, with It Part 2, they felt like they needed to do, like, a whole bunch of things. Like, the kids were growing up. And so they had to, like, try to digitally de age them and make them not seem as old. Yeah. And it was just kind of weird. In this movie, we have Drew Barrymore playing, like, a 15-year-old version of herself, a 25-year-old version of herself, and then, like, a 35-year-old version of herself. And she was 26 whenever this movie was made. Yeah. So, and, like, but they just, like, de-aged her and made, or de-aged her and re-aged her, I guess. (laughs) Essentially, to make her look older, they just made her look like a Karen. Yeah, pretty much. Like, they gave her, like, (laughs) 80s businesswoman haircut with uh, a couple grays and, like, just kind of, and like just the you know putting the right kind of clothing on her and stuff like that, which I guess for her she's felt like it was going to be like a weird thing to have to like act ten years younger than herself and act ten years older than herself and everything. And there, uh, I guess like she actually did play with prosthetics and like trying to find ways to like make herself seem younger and seem older. And the director just basically went like, "Hey, how about you just try acting that age and we'll work around it." And like, okay, fine. <laughs> hey, do your fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then she, in the next scene, she's like, "Goo goo gaga." In the perfect. <laughs> Art. Anyways, the next one is her at 15. She's going to a party with her friends. Uh, she's really nervous because she likes a guy there. and yeah, She wants to date the captain of the soccer team or whatever. Football and it's team. like, football. I wrote a poem. Yeah, like I said, soccer. I wrote a poem. <laughs> and then... No, no, not football. <laughs> football. Yeah. No, not football. Soccer. Football. <laughs> yeah, and she writes a poem. Uh, it's the it's the generic like high school movie where it's like, Oh, you embarrassed her by reading the the deep dark secrets. How fucking awful! What a dick. Well, we also learn from this that it's not actually the first poem she's ever written for him. She wrote another one for him, and he also says what that one was about in front of all of his, the people. Yeah, I think it was less that he. Read uh, I wasn't the, paying enough attention at this point. Yeah, so that it wasn't so much that he read the poem out loud. It was that he started like saying a bunch of personal details about her and to everyone at the party, and they were all laughing at her. Yeah, which is why she got like. Was like, oh, fuck this guy kind of moment. Brett McFuckface. Yeah, Brett McFuckface is um, perfect name for him. Yeah. Um, also, it's just the most, like, fucking what happens in a teenager's mind at a party. of Like, every time she walks by somebody, like, ew, you're here? And she doesn't fucking react at all. But the character literally says it right to her. Yeah. It's the dumbest fucking shit. I hate it so much. <laughs> and to be fair, I think that's happened to us whenever we're in high school. I mean, yeah, but we reacted. Sometimes? Well, most of the time I did. I'm like, yeah. Hi. 
<laughs> how you doing? And then they would stop talking to me because it was awkward. <laughs> I think yeah, whenever you, like, no, whenever Dry was in high school, up your ass. Yeah, more or less. Uh, Dry would like kind of <laughs> up the ante as someone tried embarrassing him in public. It's true. Like <clears> if someone like if he walked into a party and they're like, "Ew, you're here," he'd probably like, "Yeah, that's right, I am here." Ew, right? And like just be getting their face about it. Like that's high school, Dry. Yep. <laughs> gotta let them know you're there. <laughs> they're gonna fuck with yeah, you. You gotta different. fuck with them. <laughs> Different, different goes groups. Both ways. My, I, <laughs> mine was uh, I played video games in the in the lunchroom and no one bothered me. Oh man, that'd been awesome. <laughs> that would have been awesome in high school. <laughs> just bring you could have just bring you a Game Boy. Come on. No, I actually just eventually stopped eating in the lunchroom because people would talk to you constantly. But I, that, that is that where I met like you. <laughs> that is where I met Liz also. So yeah. you know, give and take. You know, he yeah, met his wife. Take the good with the people. bad. <laughs> You know, one out of like what was your high school? Forty people. One out of forty. Not, that's not great odds, but <laughs> I don't even know if I'm overshooting or undershooting that. Under more people went there, but not many people graduate. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sadly enough, for reasons like the, uh, what goes on in, in this movie is why some of them didn't graduate. Yeah, there was a literally a whole classroom dedicated to Beverly's. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was. Fuck. There's like 15 Beverly's, man. Yeah. Which is kind of also goes about how this movie is kind of time and place. Yeah. But anyways, uh, she's at that, uh, you know, guy embarrasses her at party. She runs away and runs to the bathroom where there is a guy looking for pills to take in the bathroom and took some birth control, which. Because he's looking for drugs. Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then uses a bidet to like drink or get some water for the pill. And like she ends up going into the bathroom whenever that happens. So he goes and he hides and then like sees that, oh, she's not using the bathroom. She's just crying. So I'm going to try to sneak my way out of here. And then she closes the door and gets mad at him for trying to open the door. And uh, actually, I guess during all this time, like w- one of her best friends is like aggressively making out with her boyfriend. And while the other one is like putting salt from her per- like purse salt onto a guy's cheese. Fucking- onto his fucking I- cheese nibs or whatever they're called. Like Cheeto ripoffs. She- Listen, okay, first off, she asked, and the guy was like, yeah, I'll take some salt. So, like, it, you know, it's not that crazy it's to fair. put salt on that. But it's a little weird asked. that she just carries salt with her, though. I mean, that's how you know Listen, it was love. Yeah. <laughs> it was meant to be. When, I feel like you could just have whatever the fuck you want in a purse. I think you're, And, I think like, you're it's not really right. that weird. Like, you could be like, all right, what's in there? And it's like, pack of gum, uh, old cassette I haven't thrown away, <laughs> uh, uranium rod. Uh, Pikachu card. They're like, what? Pikachu and- card? Why are you just keeping that on your purse? You're going to get wrecked. I was going to say, like, it's a little bit weird that she's carrying salt in her purse, but then at the same time, one of our friends growing up uh, did steal salt shakers from a Wendy's and just left him in a... Did he leave him in a movie theater? Uh, Well, I was there for that. First, we salted all the seats, and then we left the shakers oh, okay. in the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> Why did you salt all the seats? They could have been snails. You know what? That's you never fair. know whenever Snail's gonna mimic as a theater seat. I did. I did read a manga about this, so I, I think you are pretty. It's pretty fair. Yeah, you gotta be safe. Snails could be anywhere. <laughs> Anyways, like, sorry, I just gotta like. That's just hilarious to me that that's the like prank. Because if I like stood up and there's some salts on my seat, I wouldn't think it's that weird in a movie theater. Yeah, no. That's like the one place that wouldn't be that weird. Totally harmless part. Like, uh, sort of annoying. <laughs> I'm like, damn, someone must have spilled some popcorn that was extra salted. Yeah, it's a totally harmless prank, just kind of annoying. Yeah. 
That, that was the bread and butter in high school. <laughs> That's right. If anybody licks the back of his jacket, they're going to be in for a surprise. <laughs> hey, so, yeah, uh, you know, generic high school party dealio. Yeah. Honestly, this is a very 90s part of this movie anyways. Just cause it's like, there's, like, if there was a movie with teenagers, there was definitely like a party where stuff like this was happening in it. Like, it is very of its time. Yeah, she's crying in the bathroom. She won't let him leave, so he's, like, trying his best to calm her down, which he's kind of doing, but kind of not doing. I don't know. Like, it is very purposefully an awkward scene. Yes, extremely. Of, like, someone who wants to leave, but someone won't let them leave, so he's like, hey, it's okay there, buddy. Kind of thing, and, like, recognizes her, realizes who she is. Um, Gives her a compliment on her acting skills for whenever she played Juliet. He's like, hey, you were the girl in that play. Juliet? Yeah, that one. That's the play. And like uh ends up fine. She tells him what happened, so he goes out and he picks a fight with the uh, Brett McDoucheface. And yeah. tells him to punch him, and he pushes his head down. The guy punches his uh punches him right in the skull. And it's like, "Oh man, I think I broke my hand." And then like one of the people in the background is like, "Oh no, there goes the season." Cuz, you know. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, "Fucking murder that guy." Yeah. And they run away in 1960 uh, guy style. who's guy who's a uh, normal whose entire characteristic is that he appears behind Beverly very quietly and scares the fuck out of her is like hello yeah oh yeah he's just kind of standing in the way he's, whenever they're running he's important <laughs> he <laughs> comes of? back later you remember that <laughs> but yeah. anyway yeah, anyways like yeah, yeah they're they, like get him and like they run away and they get in their car and like they leave their friend behind but actually even take the time to say like wait how's she gonna get home ah she has her own car and then like they drive away yes so dumb and they're like, whoever has the blue Chrysler, can you leave so I can go hunt down these people? <laughs> I can see that happening at a party, actually. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, we got to beat him up. We got to teach him a lesson. Can you move your car? I'm blocked in. <laughs> who? Just like, who has the blue Chrysler? You? Oh, no, mine's kind of, what kind of blue? Mine's like gray Mine's more of a blue? teal. No, it's... It's like ocean blue. It's like, it's very like, blue. You know if it, fuck you. Does anybody have a blue price? <laughs> Are you talking about the seafoam one? The blue one? The teal one? The blue one! <laughs> Mine's red. Is it the red one? I literally said blue. I don't know why you wanted to talk. I just, I just I, wanted I just to be want, included. I'm sorry. I just wanted to let people know that I'm here. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so they go to make out peak or whatever. A thing you did, I guess. As teenagers did back in the good old days. The golden age. Apparently, her friend Faye, like, her boyfriend's going to be joining off in the army, or going to basic training soon, going into the army. And so, like, he wants to have, like, a one last hurrah with her in the back seat while she's in the front, or while the other two are in the front seat. Because they specifically don't tell him, like, can you leave us alone for five minutes? Like, yeah, just go in the front seat. It's fine. Yep. And makes a whole big awkward scene, which I think, for me, probably the funniest part of the scene would be the scene where... Like, he's, like, reaching into her shirt, and then, like, why is there a bunch of stuff, <laughs> that like, part in really her funny, shirt? Actually. Like, oh, yeah, me and her switched dresses on the way over here, and it didn't really fit me that well, so I kind of had to stuff the bra. And so, like, there's a scene wherever Beverly is talking to Ray, and you just see shit flying at her the entire time, like, uh, just random things here and there that she was stuffing her bra with, trying yeah. to get that dress to fit. Just random bullshit. It's actually yeah. very funny. But there's that, and then, like, something that actually does happen whenever people are moving around too much in the backseat is, like, her seat keeps on getting kicked. Which, yeah, just happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how cars work. That's how cars work, especially when people are trying to bone in the back. Yeah. Um. Anyways, like, she starts talking to Ray, and, like, 
saying like, oh, like, does your head hurt? He's like, no, no, my head's fine. My dad always told me I had a really thick skull. He actually broke his hand on my skull twice. Yeah. Which, which just lets you know that this kid's oh, had yeah, a fucked up right. past. Yeah. Like, which, yeah, basically just goes into like how he's had a fucked up past. And that, that's why he yeah. dropped out of school early. And like, why he yeah, he's like my mom her. told me to drop out of school because I'm no good like my brother and didn't want my sister getting involved in my dealio and yada yada yeah and like even kind of warns like like Bev, I'm no good for you and she's like well you're good to me and like kisses him and they start doing stuff in the front seat and then you know because and then the police show up it's her dad yeah because her dad's he's a like, police sergeant he's like knock knock take away the cock and then they all get arrested. Knock, knock, knock. Put I mean, away your cock. Yeah, that's what I meant. I just didn't have the right word. No, no. I it, it, mean, just, that's the it just unplugs like a like an auxiliary cable. <laughs> cock deactivated. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the new system to to wane off teenage pregnancy. Hey, mom, I'm going to the party. Hold on a second. Pull down your pants. Give me your cock. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah! Police station. They're like the dad's like that kid ain't no good. They're dang no no good. And she's like, yeah, we just kissed or whatever. Yeah, like we just like did the. It's something that teenagers do whenever they get caught with something. It's like no, like nothing happened. It's fine. Like we just made out. Listen, I have a rule. I, you don't on, on first meeting. You don't go past second base. Nothing below I, the waist. Well, my way. I never, I never get the, the to the first down. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, that wound up being a lie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the reason why that scene in particular is in this movie is because, like, I guess in the memoirs, like Beverly D'Onofrio said, like that's probably where she got pregnant, but she can't say for sure. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she told me. Like, a long prob- time ago. She's. I mean, it's also whenever she met. Old. It's also when she met him, but she's like, yeah, yeah, I probably got pregnant like after that night. So yeah, she definitely lied to her dad about you know what was going on as a teenager would do in a situation like that. I guess after the scene is like that scene where like you know the person that she was in the car with. Uh, he's on the phone with somebody and she's like honking the horn trying to get him to hurry up. And like once again, as someone who like picks someone up are. Like, and the person's in a hurry, but you're not. So, like, he makes a call and she's honking the horn, telling him to, you know, hurry up. He gets off the payphone, like, tells the person on the other end that he loves them. And then uh, somebody makes an off comment of just, like, hey, your girlfriend really likes that horn of yours. And he's like, girlfriend? That's my mom. Womp womp. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, Because at this point, the narration that's been happening has led us to believe that this person that he is in the car with is a significant other. But it turns out it's his mother. I mean, I guess your mother's pretty significant, but I know what you mean. Mm, I don't know. Well, Jordan is no. (laughs) (laughs) Fairly insignificant. (laughs) Anyways, kind of goes off to where, like, Beverly finds out that she's pregnant as a 15-year-old. And, like, isn't sure how she's going to tell her parents that she got pregnant. And, you know, especially in the 1960s. That was a huge deal. It's, it's still a big deal today, but it was even a bigger deal in the 60s because, you know, moral panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus and stuff. <laughs> I, That's how they, I like to describe any moral dilemma. <laughs> yeah. They still they still do the Jesus and stuff, even, and it still happens. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like true. they didn't actually address the issues. And no, it's no, like no, someone, no. <laughs> it's like someone on this podcast may have been uh born out of uh unplanned things at a young age that you usually don't have kids at it's crazy it doesn't, doesn't ring any bells 
I mean, in a weird way, it kind of makes sense why this movie came out when it did, because like this was also like in the early 2000s, that's whenever like a whole bunch of teenage pregnancies were were happening for the sole factor that like because of moral panic, there's like, hey, how about instead of teaching kids how to be safe during sex, we just teach them not to have sex. And so like a bunch of kids that didn't know how to like properly, you know, do the safe thing while fooling around other people were just told like, hey, don't have sex. You'll get chlamydia and die. Okay, well, what if I do have sex, though? Well, <laughs> you well, won't because we said not to do that, clearly, so you're not gonna. But, oh, well, I'm gonna do that because I'm 15. Because <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm 15 and I'm hormonal and, like, I gotta deal with, like, this thing in my pants that's just telling me to do things. It whispers in my ear at nights. <laughs> a phone? <laughs> like <Yep>. a phone. <laughs> just like a phone. <laughs> <laughs> just like a phone. Kill them, Greg. Shut uh. up, <laughs> <laughs> It's not the joke I was going to make. I was going to make like just three o'clock in the morning and get a call from your penis. Just like, go time. I'm sleeping. Go time. <laughs> on again. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, that dumb joke. Um, yeah. Uh, she tries talking to Faye of like, how am I going to tell my parents that I got pregnant and stuff like that? And Faye, it's actually a scene Faye's that was like, used during the trailer. Practice that- with me. And she's like, hey, mama, I'm, I'm the prego. And then Faye's like, you fucking asshole, you fucking piece of shit, you goddamn wanker. I am disowning you, I'm disowning your child, I'm disowning your father. It's you're, all ruined, it's all your fault. You're a terrible whore, I can't believe that I raised my daughter to be a whore! <laughs> and she's like, how's, how's that, is that good? You ready now? Like, yeah. this part was legitimately laugh out loud funny to me. Yeah. I mean, well, oh. during the trailer, it's not quite as laugh out loud funny. The reason why, for me, why it's so funny is because they're in the middle of a sidewalk yeah. while they're doing this, and she start, just starts screaming, "My daughter's a tramp!" And people like start covering their ki- children's ears <laughs> and running away in yeah. the background. All while Drew Barrymore is just like, you can see her life just ending in front of her, yeah, <laughs> like I kind th- of look. Thought it was genuinely hilarious. It it was pretty funny. He said, "Oh, you didn't think this part was very funny, then?" He no, <laughs> I skipped this part. What? How? I saw her what? Well, I saw where the joke was going, so I skipped forward in the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I, it's just, it's just how it is. I didn't want to. I didn't want to watch the rest of the joke. It's a good joke, though. I, I didn't. I didn't like it. <laughs> oh, you didn't even see how the joke ended. How do you know? I saw where the joke started. <laughs> okay. Sometimes so when might you know have... a joke, it be a joke. So we're now finding out that E may have been fast forwarding while he's watching this movie, so he might have to describe things better now. <laughs> I, I I have brought this up to Jiraiya. When watching a show or a movie, if I get uncomfortable, just fast forward. That's just how I am. I just I don't how did this part make you uncomfortable? <laughs> I don't know, it was just the yellow it was a it was less uncomfortable and more just like I was like, okay. Do 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 skip ten, skip ten, skip ten. <laughs> <laughs> So he's in the next scene for E, they're getting married. Or they're at the wedding reception. <laughs> I didn't skip that far. <laughs> anyways, yeah, uh, she starts trying to think of, like, how am I going to tell my parents about this? Uh, her friend even makes a suggestion of, like, well, my aunt lost a baby a couple like, a couple years back by falling downstairs. And oh, then, like, tells her little sister, like, hey, I'll pay you five bucks if you push me down the stairs. And her little sister's like, what the fuck's the matter with you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. As a, as a sibling, I think I would have took that. <laughs> like, cool, five bucks. <laughs> five bucks, and I gotta push you down the stairs? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like a win-win, really. Uh, so, yeah, then uh, we have a 
almost falling down the stairs montage. Yeah. Well, like, she acts like she's going to and then realizes that she doesn't have the heart to do it and, like, would catch herself before falling all the way back. And then, yeah, like, you know, is reflex. doing that thing wherever, yeah, is doing that thing wherever, like, you just kind of, like, butt slide down the stairs. And she yeah. does it, like, four or five times while her parents are just watching TV and, like, are not even paying attention to her. Yep. Um, that happens eventually, like, not knowing how to tell her parents about it. She just writes them a letter. And then reads it to her little sister, and her little sister makes a comment about how she's a really, really good writer. And then, like, kind of has that moment where she puts it in the mailbox and walks away and kind of has, like, that moment of, like, I really don't want to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens. Her Has a talk with her parents. Uh, her mom tells her that, like, she'll get her high school equivalency test, and then she'll be a secretary that'll make good money or something like that. And she's like, well, I don't want to drop out of high school. I still want to go to college. And... I still have bigger plans for myself and like trying to figure out what they're going to do with the baby. And the dad freaks out on her about how like they're not going to raise a single mother and blah, 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 blah. And so she says like, yeah. okay, well me and Ray are in love with each other. Even though like one scene that we did skip over is uh, whenever she told Ray and like he gave a proposal for her saying I'm shit without you. And she's like, Oh, how romantic a uh, proposal with the word shit in it. Yeah. A proposal that contains the word shit. <laughs> Uh, and so, like, she but, lies yeah. to her dad and says that they're in love and that they're going to get married. So that way she doesn't embarrass her family by being a single mother. Because, you and, know, single mother, way worse than a dysfunctional family with parents that don't love each other. How could that ever turn bad? In the 60s, that was the way of the world. <laughs> Pretty much. I know yeah. that's the way of the world. <laughs> Back then, I'm We're just, just saying, saying it was stupid. Say, yeah, it was stupid. <laughs> Especially now, what, 60 years in the future, we know. A lot more. Yeah. Um, but anyways, just realize how uh, far away this movie was. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he looked over, saw it was on the floor. He's like, huh. Anyways. anyways. It's the equivalent of a movie in the 80s taking place in World War. <laughs> how fucked is that, right? Yeah. <laughs> anyways, again, <laughs> uh, it does go off to the wedding reception after this and like, this is actually kind of a sad scene, even though they kept tried making like little jokes here and there about it. Cause you know, you have this bride who no one's talking to her because like, Oh, she's getting, it's a shotgun wedding basically. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so they're just like, Oh yeah, it, she's only doing this cause she's getting pregnant. And like the closest interaction she gets is with her friend Faye. And then like, whenever she says thank you for, cause she really liked their macaroni salad and the waitress doesn't even want to look her in the eye. Mm-hmm. Um, one funny thing about this scene is the, the real uh, Beverly D'Onofrio and Jason are actually sitting in the background behind her. Oh, are in they? the scene? Yeah. Oh, oh cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, if you're watching this movie, if you look off to the left uh, of the chair, you can see the actual or the real life Beverly and her son standing back there as oh, one of the cool. wedding guests. I thought that was a pretty cool little touch. Huh. Um, yeah, there's that, and like her, it's one of those like everyone's talking to everybody except for her, and then whenever the dad gives a speech of like. Congratulations on the wedding. He just like, hey, thanks for coming. Because if you came here, you'd know why. And I appreciate you for that. And says absolutely nothing about his daughter or her future husband or anything else to like try to comfort her or make her feel better about the whole situation. Just makes it no, all about him. He's a he's awful. Oh yeah, like, he's definitely an awful person in this. His speech is just like, hey, uh, normal weddings are good. This isn't a normal wedding. And you guys are amazing for sticking out for this awful, shitty thing that happened that's so terrible and the worst and uh, only abhorrent, sinful human beings would ever have this happen. And I appreciate you all for coming out. Yeah. Anyways, enjoy the brunch. (laughs) (laughs) And then they all whip Beverly and call their sinner. (laughs) 
the bell of shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that happens. And then uh, her friend Faye comes up and like actually gives a speech saying like, you know, how beautiful Beverly looks in her dress and like how she hopes that she's going to have a happy life together and everything. And then says like, but if you're only here because you feel like you have to be, then don't even worry about talking to me because I'm also pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. And then like Beverly just has like this slight moment of hope and like starts uh saying like, Oh, we're gonna be pregnant together and like we like chances are we'll have girls together and they'll be exactly like us and then Faye just starts breaking down and crying while Beverly's having this moment where she's happy, which I actually thought that was kind of funny too. Yeah, yeah. Um I kind of get the vibe of this wedding because I was at a wedding that was very similar to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um so it, it nails it, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, and like it kind of gives like that small, like, hey, this wasn't planned, and so we don't have a whole lot of money for a big reception, so we're just gonna do it at that at building. A that bingo we can hall. Rent. Yeah. yeah we, this, yes, actually. It, yeah. <laughs> literally. I, to be fair, like the <laughs> small town that me and Dry grew up in, like if you had literally any kind of get together, it was at one of those banquet halls. Yeah. Listen, that bingo hall was amazing. Uh, we had many a birthday celebrated at that bingo hall. It could fit so much fucking food in it. So much food. <laughs> <laughs> and he was at this yeah. wedding. He would also be like, dude, this macaroni salad is fucking amazing. <laughs> I walked up to Beverly. You got you to finish that salad. It's kind of out over there for some reason. Uh, also, can, can, you shouldn't really be drinking wine. <laughs> yeah. That is one thing. Uh, one little touch that I did like about that is like after Faye said that she was pregnant, like somebody took the wine away from her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyways, after that, um, it's they get dropped off at what's going to be their new home, and this really awkward scene because he doesn't like want her to see it yet. He wants to surprise her with a new house, and like does this thing where like he tries picking her up to like get her in through the door like how he's traditionally supposed to, but she's like stiff as a board yeah. while he's trying to pick her up. Uh, and like it's just kind of a shitty little public house or public housing house. Yeah, that he gets her and like saying that her dad helped her get uh, access to public housing, so they have their own house to live in. They can like build a family there, and it's like kind of the worst in a weird way. But like I don't want to say I'm like that. I feel like it's better than my apartment. <laughs> yeah, that house is better than the apartment I spent thousand dollars a month for. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'd still be I happy would with trade. That house. I would trade in heartbeat. I think the crazy thing about this house, like actually the entire cul-de-sac that they uh, moved to, which is, I guess, all supposed to be public housing, that was all built for the movie because they couldn't find a house that uh, fit like the whole idea of like, you know, small be- two-bedroom house and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest problems with that small two-bedroom house is that it was actually too small to like fit a crew in there to film. Uh- so that house is <laughs> built on rails. Oh really? Yeah, so it's actually wow. bigger than what's uh, it's bigger on the outside than it is on the inside because they're able to move everything on rails so they can get like an extra probably like six foot by four foot area for the crew to like fit in cameras and <laughs> film things and still make it feel like it's a small space. Yeah, uh, which I thought was really cool for that, but they definitely made it look like you know a shitty low income area. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of how me and Dry grew up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, that's a whole other story. Um, Beverly has like this moment of just like, oh, I'm in public housing and like kind of has like this small house and like isn't going to be able to live the dreams out that she wants to, but it's trying to make the best of it. So she has like a moment where she's excited about the future of everything. And then it cuts into later on in the future, whenever she's nine months pregnant now and uh, her mom is cleaning her house for her while she's kind of being a shitty person. Pregnant. And, yeah. 
well, being nine months pregnant. Like, the reason I say she's being a shitty person is because her mom's cleaning the floors while she's eating sunflower seeds out of a bowl and, like, just dumping the seeds on the floor. Yeah. I've got to say, her delivery is two weeks late. I feel like it's kind of reasonable. She's very crabby. Yeah. And one thing they actually even did say for this movie is because, like, the reason why she's smoking and nine months pregnant is because it was the 60s. They didn't know any better at that time. Yeah. Which, yeah. That is true and fair. But also, like, um, kind of shows how she just in a weird way complaining to complain even though she is two weeks late for this and like she's also complaining because her husband's late for are late and she missed her appointment of why she's two weeks late and stuff like that and like making sure the baby's okay and like so she kind of makes a big deal about starting a fight with him whenever her mom's there almost like she's playing theater that she's mad at him and uh he also showed up two hours late and drunk yeah and like tried to blame it on his boss uh I think another way that you can tell, like, they were just, like, kind of putting on a show for this is, like, uh, it's something that if you pay attention to the background of it, because, like, she locks the front door on him and because she's mad at him and says that she's not going to let him inside of the house and everything. Well, the mom's like, just let him in. He's like, and he's like, I'm going to break in. She's like, you're going to break your head if you try breaking in. And, like, if you look behind her, there's a door to the side that goes, like, between the kitchen and the living room. That door is open. He could just literally walk to the side and or get in that way. <laughs> but instead, he breaks the window. Yeah. Yeah, and then you also have to remember they're sixteen. Fist. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's not yes. the smartest person in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, smashes yeah. his hand through the window. Um, it does. It actually does the semi-realistic thing where he just immediately starts bleeding all over. Yeah, yeah. You know, broke his broke a window over his hand. Yeah. Well, it's gonna. I was gonna say you don't always cut yourself with glass like that, but whenever you do, oh, does it bleed? Oh, do you? Yeah. Yeah. Got a nice scar on my knuckle from that. <laughs> Not from breaking the window. Whole other story. But anyways, uh, yeah. While there's, you know, sitting there making this big hullabaloo over everything, he ends up realizing that he cut the shit out of his hand with that and, like, still tries blaming his boss for it. And then her water finally breaks. And then they go to the hospital. She has the baby. You have another scene with, like, the father kind of just being a shitty person because, like, starts talking to the baby and everything. He's like, oh, am I supposed to be excited about the fact she had a baby? You know, she's 16. He's a moron. And now you're here. And things like just to, j- just let you know I'm on your side and points at the baby and the nurse is just like staring daggers at him like fuck you man yeah which you know fair yeah, he's fuck being, him man yeah he's being a he's being an asshole for all that during yeah. all this um uh, anyways since it's the 60s they can afford to a have the baby there and get stitches on his hand yep so everything's fine um they bring the baby up to him and uh the nurse says like this is the most beautiful baby boy that I've ever seen she's like Oh no! I was supposed to have a girl. No, we had a boy. Can you put that one back? <laughs> can you just can put, a, put that one back? Give me a girl. <laughs> I'll trade. <laughs> Anybody yeah. want a boy? <laughs> uh, yeah, very upset. baby boy. Because <laughs> she wanted a. Uh, she the, wanted to have girls with her friend Faye. Faye. Yeah, wanted to have like daughters to grow up together, and all that jazz. Uh, yeah, she's like, no, me and Faye are supposed to have girls together. He's like, no, but we had a boy, so he's going to be just like me when he grows up. And then she starts crying because yep. now she has two of him. Yeah, and he sucks. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> so far, he his known traits are he's stupid and gets drunk a lot. So, you yep. know, yeah. not yeah. great. Uh, Yeah, I think it cuts back to present time now. Maybe, because this might have been the time, because like... I think it's around this time that, like, you know, you find out that's Jason. That's her son. Uh, yeah. He uh, wants to tell his mom something, but he's not sure how to tell her. And it's at this time that, like, while they're driving, because, like, he's kind of giving her the silent treatment. She's like, so are you going to talk to me or not? And, like, 
she was like, well, there's like something that I was wanted to get done today. Like, I don't know how you feel about it. Like, I know that I'm going to NYU, but I was hoping to switch o- switch schools to Indiana. And she tells him, like, absolutely not. That's not happening. Like, you know, I worked really hard to get you into NYU. You're going to st- you only have two years left. You can leave after that. She has a she has a roadmap planned for him. Yeah. As parents do, like, I think she even straight up says, like, you're going to live out my dreams. Yeah. Yeah. She does literally say that. Yeah. Which is something that, like, at least she says it out loud. There's some parents who do that to their kids, and then they just try to make it seem like I'm doing this for your better interests, when it's in reality, reality, it's their better interests. Yeah. So, like, that happens, and they get angry at each other again. Um, I think it does cut back to, like, a couple years later. or Not even a couple years. No, I guess a couple years later. <laughs> yeah, it goes through Jason's childhood. Yeah, I I, well, I was gonna say like maybe a little bit later, but at this point in time, he's a toddler that's walking. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh no no no! I'm I'm skipping. Well, over some it, stuff again, it's like, like his childhood basically when he's a baby yeah. and like his mom's trying to study. She's like Still graduating high school, high school and all that. And, uh, her and Faye are raising kids together. I think uh, this is around the time that Faye says that like uh, I guess her her husband who went off to join the military is off on a beach somewhere and like fell in love with another woman and so they're both getting divorced now and like yeah. how they're supposed to just be friends together and like we're gonna make it together kind of thing and then it cuts to her you know her mom once again cleaning her house for her uh while she's studying and like has this whole big thing of just like mom he won't leave me alone it's like he's not supposed to leave you alone he's your son yeah you're his mother yeah you're not siblings yeah (laughs) like by the way i told you to change his diaper an hour ago that's probably why he's crying do that now yeah like has another thing that was actually in the trailer for this movie of like where she's trying to change his diaper and then he pees in her mouth and her mom laughs at her yeah, about how like her mom's pee pee mouth now. Um, once again, Ray's not from around the, for the rest of the movie. They just she's just known as pee pee mouth. It's a really bold decision from <laughs> hey, the piss breath. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very uh, to of note that Ray is not yeah, basically he's just not not, not in a lot of these. Yeah, yeah. Which it's not uh, even like he's working or anything like that to like bring home the bacon. He's just not there. Um. Whenever it does show him, though, it's always him, like, just trying to be the fun parent. And, like, you know, she has to try to get shit done while he's just like, hey, I'm going to go throw rocks with the kiddo and we're going to laugh and have a good time. You do what you do. You keep doing your college or whatever. I don't give a shit. Whatever you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she passes high school, uh, is, like, getting ready for college, dresses up all nice in her fancy nice clothes for her college application. Yeah. Which she plans um, and- on. She plans on using for this application and then returning because... You know, forty nine dollars for a shirt in nineteen or late nineteen sixties, early nineteen seventies is a lot of fucking money. It's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, especially whenever you don't really have money. She's supposed to go to this interview. Uh, Ray's supposed to take the kid, but uh, she actually goes to talk to his boss. And he's like, "Hey, he didn't show up today." And since it's before cell phones, like she's like, "Okay, cool. I got to take my son with me to this interview." Then and goes to the interview. The guy actually tells her like she did a fantastic job with her essay and everything. And he, she was like one of seven that was going to be possibly chosen for this full ride scholarship and she's trying to give her argument for it but because her son is just sitting in the background being distracting the whole time like they just say like hey you have bigger issues to deal with right now so we're not going to pick you because you have to take care of this child and so like he tries like letting her off easy about it but she's like just give it to me straight and he's like yeah we can't have a single mother being in our college i'm gonna i'm gonna say i i might be biased uh you definitely can do your degree like that, that that was fucked up of the college gonna say no it definitely was fucked up of the college for that well it's more of the college didn't want to be like hey we're going to like 
and I think colleges will still do this to this day, to be like, hey, we don't want to say that we're just, if you get a free ride into college if you're pregnant. Yeah. That being said, I have known some people who straight up uh, did do the whole college thing either while they were pregnant or while they were taking care of a toddler. Like, it is possible. Yeah, it's very I've possible. I've seen it done. It, it's, it's not, yeah, it's yeah. just going to say it's definitely not easy. Uh, yeah, I mean, my mother did that. Yeah, definitely well, not your easy. Your mother, like, your mom did that. I have a couple cousins who did that. My sister did that. Yeah. Uh, like, it's definitely possible. It's just very hard road to go down. But, like, yeah. the way that I mean, was, I know, like, it's a liability thing, quote unquote. Yeah, and that's what, it's that's like, what I was going to say is because, like, the, he kind of looked at it and was like, oh, single mother. Like, she has to deal with the kids. So, like, if I give her the scholarship and she drops out, it's going to look bad on us. So, no. And so, like, it's 100% the college being a douchebag about it. But, like, also, it's one of those, like, it probably wouldn't have happened if Ray was actually doing his end of the work. Yeah. So, like, when, whenever she gets yeah. home... He's, you know, talking to his buddy Lizard. Yeah, talking to Muskrat out there. <laughs> I don't know if Muskrat is actually like, a worse nickname than Lizard or not. I, lizards are, like, cool. I don't know anyone who would be like, yeah, I like Muskrats. They're a real cool animal. <laughs> I'm a Muskrat. <laughs> I mean, but I yeah, can see uh, Disney making a cute Muskrat over making a cute lizard. Disney has made cute lizards, I think. I think they've also made... Oh, don't muskrats? quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to Google it. Um, yeah, so she like goes and she's like, where were you? And he's like, uh, uh, you know, well... And she's like, no, just where were you? Well, he tries uh, making up an excuse and she keeps on saying no because he's like, she sees the excuse coming up and then like literally tries hiding behind their child. There's like, oh, look yeah. at him. He's so cute. Don't look at the man behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, uh, going over and he's like, I, I forgot... She's like, you ruined my entire life because you forgot. And then the voiceover goes over and it's Jason me like, everyone blamed my father for that. Well, I knew what was really going on. She was saying that I had ruined her life. I ruined her only shot. That three-year-old me just being in the room ruined her shot or ruined her life. Fucked up. Fucked up things that I have to deal with as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's like, I'm pretty sure there's kids who've had to deal with similar situations, especially considering, you know, teenage pregnancy uh, had a huge rise in the 80s to the early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, it's something that, like, I think a parent will, like, offhandedly say that sometimes, not even directly to the kid, but, like, say that while the kid's in the room, and that could actually, like, just scar the kid for the rest of their life. Yeah. I mean, it's something I say a lot. Kids are way smarter than most people will give them credit for. Yeah. They know what you're mean and like you I'm, can't skirt around it very much yeah and then also it's one of those because like you're the parent like what you say affects the child more so than if like some other person said it to them kind of thing so like your your words do hold weight and in this case it definitely held weight for jason yeah and goes off into that um uh, i think it does pan out later on to uh whenever she's talking to Faye, and she just has two pills that ray gave her Saying that, like, oh, yeah, like, Ray always wanted to do these with me. Or wanted me to do these with him. But, like, he gave us two, so I'm going to do it with you instead. And, like, basically just gave acid to his wife to do with her friend Faye. And, like, oh, yeah, like, kids are going to go off to the movies with your mom. And then, like, we'll we'll go ahead and we'll do these pills. And then, like, we'll have a fun our fun time. Uh, ends up saying some things about Faye's mother that Faye ends up hearing. Like, whenever they first get to the door, she's just like... Like all right, like all right, we're all right, you're gonna go ahead and spend some time with uh Faye, Faye's mom, even if she is a cold bitch. And like as she's opening the, up the door, she says cold bitch. Yeah, she said actually it was a cold itch. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, basically, continues the that part. Uh, as an adult, uh, he's still driving and kind of is very has issues putting his authority down and having his mom recognize him as an actual person rather than a like addendum of him. Right. Uh, the childhood stuff continues and ultimately. It turns out that Ray has been addicted to heroin for two years and came to her father to help. And she tries assisting him, but he ultimately says that he can't. He just can't give up the addiction and tries to be like, I'll just take a little bit and then I'll be a functioning member of society if I take a little bit. She's like, this isn't going to work. And you recognize it's not going to work. So you need to be out of the picture if you want any hope for our son. Uh, I mean, then, like, uh, a fairly somber uh, send-off with the son and the father. Yeah, which was, yeah, basically a send-off of, like, her just saying, like, I can't, like, uh, whenever you say it's impossible, I believe you, but that means that you just can't be around here anymore. I cannot raise a family with you destroying us every step of the way, and if I let you at this point in time, then it will be my fault. And so he goes and, like, he tells his son goodnight, because I'm probably not supposed to say this to you, but I can't see you anymore, and... I think one of the things that he said that kind of hit me a little bit was like, people are going to say a lot, are a lot of awful things about me, but just know two out of the three things are only, or only two out of the three things are true. So whatever the third one is, like if it's something really bad, just think it's the third one and like has the send off of like not really wanting to say goodbye to his son, but knows that he has to. And, you know, rides off or on his motorcycle and his kid chases after him and like has this moment where like the son's really distraught that he just lost his father and like is yelling at the mother and she's like I'm still your mother though and like he says like just leave me alone and she's like well I'll leave you alone but you have to get out of the street first and then like he goes inside the house and just cries and then moves forward after that with uh you know her being or both her and her friend being single mothers you know trying to make ends meet and then one day gets kind of the idea cuz like well lizard is still in the picture and like yeah. One joke that he keeps on like, making is like, like, hey, like, you know, minimum wage is a dollar sixty an hour. It's like, let me use your oven for an hour and I'll pay you one hundred sixty bucks. Kind of thing. Like, you're not drawing weed in my oven. Fuck off. And then eventually, because like her and Faye need money to try to get out of Connecticut, they say, okay, sure, we'll let you dry weed on our in our oven. And they let Jason. Or actually, first, what he does is he buys a TV for them, and then like causes an argument between the two of them. because uh, like you know, I, Jason, I'm gonna say like this, Jason is my least favorite because his acting is really kind of not great. Not great, yeah. <laughs> like, is, I think he did the a biggest scene is... Uh, he's he's a little overselling it, I think, is mostly my issue. Like, he's he's a kid actor, so I'm like, yeah, he's a kid actor. He's he's kind of overselling a lot of it. Um, I think the biggest one is, like, when he's with the TV, he's like, I'm the kid and you're the mom. It's not supposed to be this way because I'm supposed to just be the kid. And like, I don't know, I think he's just a little overacting he's, sometimes. And he's a kid, ultimately, but yeah. He's better in Butterfly Effect. Yeah, he is better in Butterfly Effect, <laughs> which actually came out in like 2004. So like this movie came out like right before that. Yeah. Um, But anyways, yeah, like I think it's just one of those things like he wanted to keep the color TV kind of thing. And so like he got an argument with his mom yeah. to try to keep the TV. Yeah. Uh, other than that, like, you know, while she's in there uh, drying weed for that scene, he's just throwing snowballs at the house, which is grandpa comes to visit and say hi to tied to them and everything and almost leaves without like saying anything and then jason for some reason decides to tell him like mom's drying weed inside of the house and so uh, they get bust yeah they uh, get busted which even, like, the, yeah i was gonna say even like you know 
I think the biggest thing about this scene is, like, his partner is like, hey, I didn't hear anything if you didn't hear anything. Yeah. And, like, they could have just, like, left it alone, but he decided to go in there and investigate and then puts his daughter in jail over that. And then Faye ends up bailing them out, and but ends up taking, like, all the money that she had saved up to try to get out of Connecticut to bail them out. And then Jason yeah, and- ad- ad- admits to her that, like, okay, like, I told Grandpa that you were drying weed in the house. And then she legitimately I'm- starts... Oh, go on. Yeah, I was going to say, it's another blow-up moment where she's, like, yelling at the kid, like, why would you do that? That was our only ticket out of here, and you just threw it away. And he's like, I don't know. Because, I don't know, it's like a kid. Like, he, it was definitely, he was clearly eating him up. And he, like, he, again, he's still kind of not sure how to really react to life, because he is forced to grow up really young. But I was going to say... Uh, I think with also that this being in the seventies at this point, early seventies, this is probably still during the time whenever people were trying to say that weed was worse than heroin. Yeah. Devil's lettuce. Yeah. (laughs) Which they, they definitely called it that and not just grass (laughs) during this time. Uh, anyways. Yeah. She legitimately says you just ruined my life to her son at this point, which once again sticks with him. She's the worst mother. Yeah. She's not great. She's definitely not great in this. (laughs) Uh, but anyways, I mean, uh, I'm going to say almost every character except basically Jason is awful. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Like, yeah. Everyone sort of sucks. Like realistically awful. I should say like they don't like the like, actual acting performances are are good in this. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But like I mean, just, I'm just saying like terrible they're, people. They're like human awful. They're not like a villain awful. Right. Because yeah, like, like it oh, definitely that's... feels like a bunch of stuff that would happen. Yeah, it just feels like. A real life situation of like, oh man, that guy sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, um, I think it's actually at this point in time that they do finally get to Ray's house. Which... Yeah. So he's he's just in like RV town. I guess actually it's implied this is the same. Yeah. This district? is still in, it's still in Connecticut. But yeah. uh, he just lives in like the slum area where apparently they live right next to a shooting range. Yeah. So you just hear gunshots going off all the time. Um, uh, that was that was my other apartment I lived at. So again, does it not that crazy? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so yeah, he has a new wife. I remember her name. She's not in the movie that much. Ah, uh, just no. wife number two. Yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, they go. Yeah, and they Beverly him and- brought over uh, like a release form to have his information in the book, and he's like, okay. But the new wife's like. She's got to give us money for that. She should pay us. Yeah, like, oh, so you're just going to get rich off of uh, telling us that we're bad people now? So is that how it's going to go? No, you got to pay us first. $100,000. And then she freaks out on him. about, Or I guess she doesn't freak say. out on him. She freaks out on the wife, but she starts yelling at Ray while freaking out at the yeah. wife. Yeah. Because she starts yelling. Say, like, I never Ray asked probably you. did. <laughs> Ray probably does deserve somebody for using that much of his likeness. A little, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's going to use it on heroin. Yeah, that's a, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, but that's his money to use on heroin. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give that homeless guy our money. He's just going to buy it on heroin. Yeah, but it's his money or, to use on the heroin that he wants to. I mean, it's the, it's the it's a joke I always remember where it's like, someone gives a homeless guy money and their friend says, Don't do that. He's just going to buy it. He's just going to spend it on drugs. And the guy says, I was just going to spend it on drugs, too. <laughs> fair but yeah, yeah um goes off into this whole big thing she ends up like uh running out of the house telling uh ray that he ruined everything again 
even though it's the two wives that are yelling at each other. And then like yeah. Jason leaves, he's just like, nice meeting you. And then walks away. Um, after that, like, yeah. uh, uh, her, uh, Jason and Beverly start getting into an argument about that. And like, he's just saying, like, can we just take a minute for me to absorb the fact that the man who helped give birth to me has teeth rotting out of his fucking face right now. He's living in yeah, pure like filth. He, and yeah, shit. living in pure filth. Hasn't bathed in two months. His teeth are rotting out of his head. And that was my father. Can I just have two minutes? It's a line I really like where he's like, can there just be two minutes where you're like a good mother? Yeah. yeah. And obviously <laughs> she gets very upset about that and storms off with the keys. And he's like, I'm not gonna I'm not going after you. And she's like, good. And then he doesn't go after her, which is pretty great. Yeah. And uh Ray walks out, he's like, Hey, kiddo, uh, come over here. And he's like throwing away the chest. He's like, I signed the paper. I can't make it obvious, I'm gonna give it to you. But I signed it. <laughs> <laughs> don't look over at my wife. She's staring at us. Don't look don't look. She watches like a hawk. <laughs> So here's what don't I'm look at do. her. Don't look at me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Keep... I'm your past. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna pretend to give you a hug. Move your hand. I'm gonna put it in your pocket there. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. And one thing that he does say that is kind of a little bit profound is like, "Hey, I just kind of realized this is probably the last time I'm ever gonna see you." Yeah. It's like, and I know yeah, that, like I wasn't much for your life, but I like to think that I helped make you who you were, even if it was just by staying away. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's one of those things where like. It is kind of profound that ultimately it is vindicated that, yeah, he probably would have just messed up the whole lives of all of them. So it's shitty, but it's the thing where, like, obviously, especially at the time, divorces are very vilified. Yeah. So it's it's kind of nice. This one's like, yeah, they kind of needed that as shitty as, like, the life still ended up being. He wasn't fit to be a father, ultimately. Right, yeah. And that's one thing they does say too is like he saying like well I'm not I don't know what I'm gonna do about moms like just ask her for her help like I don't know what it is about women but if you ask for help and they usually give it to you like the, it's worked for me and God knows I need all the help that I can get and then walks away and then you know eventually goes back to Beverly and they have another argument with each other about how you know she keeps on saying that like he ruined everything for her and how that stuck with him his entire life and like how he never got to be a kid because of her. And then like, she just does like the, Oh, when does this job end? And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was a job to you. And she's like, well, it wasn't my calling. Was it And like, they both get into a big old argument. Then she starts to cry. And then like, he starts to feel bad about it. Tells her like, Hey, sorry. Like, don't start crying. Like, listen, he signed the paper. And like, they start talking. They actually make up for uh, at least a little bit. And then he tells her like that. He, uh, the reason why he wants to, uh, moved to Indiana is because he's in love with Faye's daughter, whose name I'm blanking on right now. Uh, but Amel- Am- Amelia? Amelia, I think? Amelia, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Amelia. Uh, um, but yeah, he's in love with her and that's he wants to move with her and then like basically gets her to, he tells her like, Mom, I need your help. And then like she just goes back into mother mode right away. Yeah. And like that's how he ends up getting to tell her, which honestly is kind of shitty when you think about it, but yeah. it works. No, it's awful. She's yeah. a terrible person. Um, but I, yeah, I want to uh, say it, uh, the structuring of this is weird to me because I thought the father's advice was he was going to ask Amelia for help getting out of the shitty situation with his mom. So it feels weird that he goes to his terrible mother and is like, I need your help. And the help is 
he needs to leave her on the side of the road and just go. Well, it's because um, throughout the thing, he tells her, he tells Amelia that he can't transfer to Indiana because his mom will let him. And she's like, oh, it's fine. It might not have worked out anyways. And like she was going to leave New York and go back to Indiana and he's trying to stop her. So, you know, he can tell her that, you know, he loves her and that for her to stay kind of thing. But like he can't do it while he's arguing with his mom still. So that's what the whole thing of like, I need your help. I need to get to New York so I can get back to her and everything. And so that's when she tells her, like, you know, just go ahead. Or actually, that's whenever he says, like, oh, I guess I'm going to go off to Indiana now. And she's like, well, go ahead and go. And he's like, what am I going to do about clothes? Like, they sell clothes in Indiana. Like, what am I going to do about my apartment? I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Like, just go. Like, do what you need to do. And so he leaves and, like, kind of has this moment of, like, there's no strings attached to this. And she tells him to go. And then she calls her father to pick her up to stay the night at his place so she can, like, take care of her son's things later on. And, like, makes a comment of, like, he blames me for everything that was bad in his life. And his dad just kind of scoffs at that because it's kind of a weird way of showing how, even though she was trying to avoid it, she became her father throughout the movie. And then, like, she kind of also realizes that towards the end. And, like, has this moment wherever they're both singing their song together. And then the movie just kind of ends. It just stops. It kind of doesn't have it. I guess the thing is it's ultimately a movie focused on her. And that's, like, the... yeah end of that kind of segment yeah. of her life more or less but, like, at the beginning of the movie it does say that or she says that in her book she writes that uh the days that there's only about four or five days in your entire life that changes the course of everything that happens and in a weird way this movie is kind of like four or five days that changed the course of her life and then like kind of moving on to like her life afterwards of like saying like her, her life and her son's life and everyone else's life kind of moves on after this these are just like four moments in her life that changed everything for her yeah and that's the movie and yeah that is the movie yeah. kind of showing like there's still a story to be told but that's not part of this movie it's just kind of life keeps going on which does kind of make sense considering this is based off of the memoirs of beverly d'onofrio uh you know wrote about being pregnant at 16 in this or yeah bringing having a baby at 16 she's pregnant at 15 um you know and having to deal with a drug addicted are a drug addicted husband and everything and like you know everything that like led her off to like wanting to be an actress but then you know having to work her way up to becoming a writer and then writing this book which honestly was really successful enough so that they made a movie about it right and has written other books that are, are after this i guess in real life i should say like the real beverly and jason did eventually like make up and like start to get along with each other she did find another love of her life that she's currently with and everything that she's growing old with and they're like, everyone's still alive and doing better now after this movie came out but this was just like the rough times in her life that made her who she was cool yeah okay but yeah i was gonna say i guess since we're getting crunched on time with this one i guess with final thoughts i guess we'll go with e what was your final rating of this movie uh yeah i'll stick with what i said at the start i think it is very slow at the start but and has a pretty good middle and then mediocre ending i think once it gets into the meat of potatoes it's a pretty fun not fun but like interesting movie to watch it just kind of shows between a lot of this right yeah slow art kind of has a lot of weird pacing issues but ultimately i think it was enjoyable I think it fits the time capsule it's in. Hope it was good for the people who probably needed a movie like this at the time. I don't know. Hard to say, really. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know that's such a weird. I hope it helped people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but 
I'd give this like a six. It's just kind of not my kind of movie, but I definitely recognize what's good about it. Okay. All yeah. Right. All right. Um. Yeah. For me, I it's like I said at the beginning. It's not really my bag. Uh, it's not my bag of tea. Not my bag of potatoes. It's uh. Not your jelly. Not your jam. Yeah. It's just not really the kind of movie that's my thing. Like it's just so all over the place with its story, and it's linear, but like. So little of it feels of importance, honestly. And I don't think that's because of the things that are happening aren't important. I think it's the tone of the movie is so lighthearted with everything that it makes everything feel very unimportant. Uh, Which is 90s, I think. 90s movies feel, even the most dramatic things just feel unimportant because everything just feels so light. Like everyone was like afraid to just say something that really mattered, mattered. And I feel like this movie kind of falls into that as well. Uh, even like the really big dramatic things, like my husband is addicted to heroin. I feel like it really does just scrape past that. Honestly, it has a couple of scenes that are kind of heart wrenching, at least in my opinion. But it definitely, like, I don't know. I think it is kind of the pace of that. But there were like there are some dramatic things in there. But I think part of it has to do with the writing style of Beverly D'Onofrio because uh, she, even if she's telling you a tragic tale, apparently in real life she still wants to try to like find a silver lining and make it funny in some way, shape, or form. Which I'm assuming her book is the same way. I didn't have time to find this book and read it while preparing for this. Yeah. But um, I think it is just kind of the storytelling of her for this, even though there are some, in my opinion, heart-wrenching moments. Yeah. I mean, I just, I didn't connect with much of it except for, like, the awful mother thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I know. Um, so, like, any time where, like, she was being awful, I was like, man, yeah, I remember that. That sucked. Um, but it never, like, got... <laughs> much past that for me like there was never a part where i was like this is what i needed i was just like this is a drew barrymore 90s movie um yeah i don't know it's 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 totally fine i actually agree with you on his rating here i think it's a six okay um i see the audience that this is meant for i'm just not part of it that's fair yeah all the robbies in the world <laughs> yeah not exactly ease jelly not dry as jam but it's my marmalade <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Um. Yeah, like, I do like this movie. I did say beforehand that I would explain it a little bit more, but like, I did grow up in a single parent household, and uh, like at the age of three, my parents got divorced because my father couldn't get off meth, and that created like a huge riff. Uh, my mom ended up moving in with my grandparents at the age of three, and I got to watch my dad drive the truck away, realizing he was never going to come back. Uh, that was part of my life, and then like, I just knew a like a fair amount of our family members had kids out of wedlock. Yeah. You know, the sinful thing. Uh, some of them, we actually do have a cousin who had uh, her first son at the age of 15. Yeah. Um, I know a pe- couple people that had to get their shit together because they had kids in high school. So, like, I knew I knew a fair amount of Beverly's. Like, they're not all the same story. Because, like, you know, in a weird way, it's kind of my mom's story. And, like, having to raise two kids after her, or because she has a drug-addicted husband. But, like, he actually had a good job. He just threw it away because of drug addiction. And... So we had to kind of pick up the pieces afterwards and like that was just something that we had to deal with growing up and my mom was just always tired from working all the time. So I don't think me and my sister, you know, drilled into her about like, you're supposed to be the mom, we're supposed to be the kids because we understood that like she was doing her best to, you know, raise us and try to make ends meet and everything. Yeah. But like there's that and then like for me, I think one of the biggest things which happened 10 years after this movie came out, but I was 21 at the time is like seeing my dad for the first time in years and like seeing what meth did to someone after, you know, doing it for 30 years and having that whole fucked up situation happen, which was very similar to 
towards the ending of this movie whenever he uh, he meets Ray for the first time as an adult. So this movie does kind of stick with me because personally it does hit me in some ways that is is very personal. And I do understand that, which is why like this movie does mean a lot to me, but I understand why it wouldn't mean a lot to some other people. And like there are some scenes that are just kind of like, okay, this is 90s Drew Barrymore. I, and I do get that too. And like some stuff that's almost not needed. But all in all, like I said, I think like for me, this is really a good movie for me. I I give it an eight out of ten. But I think, but I do also understand that it's because it personally affects me while watching this movie too. Yeah, I you I feel like so I it's one of those I completely understand your guys's rating, but like, and you guys completely understand my rating because yeah, it has a personality to me that it doesn't exactly have for you guys, and I do understand that. Yeah, like there's just a relatability to what this movie is that me and E just don't have, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, that was riding in cars with boys. Yeah, it sure it was. Yeah, it sure was. We sh- we we were in a car. <laughs> that was the title there. of the movie. <laughs> Although there's maybe five minutes of riding in cars, two of it happening with boys, one of them happening with only one boy one time, one of the times also happening with just girls. We're actually we're actually going for a record. All of the movies could also be called riding in the car with boys. That's the goal this month. Um, but yeah. This is my family movie to bring for for November. Mm-hmm. All right, I, it was perfectly fitting. Yeah, it, it's definitely a family movie. A little bit a uh, little bit depressing, but a little bit heartwarming at some point in times. A little bit boring at times too. Let's be honest. A little dysfunctional family, but family oh yeah, definitely dysfunctional. Uh, it was the best of riding cars with boys. It was the worst of riding cars with boys. <laughs> um, all right, E. If people want to get a hold of us, where can they do that? We have a link tree. L i n k t r dot e e slash l o i p. This gives you a link to our social medias, listen medias, and our Twitch, which is the Watch Media. Whoa. Whoa. Um, we stream twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays. Uh, we play video games. Crazy concept. No one does it on Twitch. Not, it's never been done. It's never happened before. Um, never, ever. So yeah, check that stuff out. Uh, the scheduling's whack because I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, life happens. He's in his yeah. quarantine box. It's spinning. Can you stop it? No. This is the only way to get the demons out of you. <laughs> but yeah, so go to Lake Tree. It gives you all the podcast areas, all the all the social medias, everything you need. Yeah. All the dias. All right. All right. Well, Robbie, thank you for bringing the movie. Mm-hmm. Thanks for watching with me, even though it was lukewarm for both of you guys. <laughs> lukewarm. <laughs> um. E, thanks for uh, hanging out in your quarantine box with us. He's yeah. Dead. He's died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, he can't breathe whenever it's being filled with Lysol. <laughs> um, Robbie. Yo. Get us out of here. So, if you're out and about, make sure to be kind to one another and make sure to be safe. And whether this is the very first time you've listened to us or you've been with us since the very beginning, thank you for listening. Thank yeah. You. Thank you all so, 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 so much. We really do appreciate everybody who listens. It means a lot. Um, we'll be back next week with a Thanksgiving-themed movie. So that's exciting, I think, probably. Um, who knows? I have literally had it in my table downstairs for an entire year because I wanted to do it last year and it didn't work out. <laughs> so it's just been this year. Out. Oh, this year we'll make it work. Oh, it's going to happen. All right. Uh, We'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.